Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. In Romans 16, starting in verse 17, it says, Now I urge you, brethren, note, or in other translations, watch out for those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all, therefore I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And the God of peace. Whew, okay, so watch out for those who cause division and offenses. And, and I'm going to speak more on watch out for truth. What we want to avoid is those that are not in truth or not speaking of truth and what we want to watch out for and to grab hold of is truth. And see, the, the concept of truth has, has really um, kind of fallen away, it seems, in the time that we, that we live in. And, you know, if you ask, you know, somebody, you know, what is truth? And they're like, well, you know, it's whatever you believe is true. It's you know, it's what this person said because they're really smart, you know, and they wrote a book on it. Um, and, you know, you can, you know, what is your truth? What, what is your truth? And we've gotten to this place in, I would just say society in general, where there is so much uh, false truth that we are struggling as a people, and it has affected our world, the world that we live in. And John, and they don't have this one, you can just listen to it. John 18, 37, and you have Jesus before Pilate, and Pilate therefore said to him, are you the king? Jesus answered, you said rightly, for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of truth hears my voice. And then, do you know what Pilate said to him? What is truth? And I think about that, and 2,000 years later, we have that same scenario, and not only have that same scenario, I believe it's much worse Where you can go just outside and somebody's just like, well, I don't know what truth is. I have no idea. What is this truth or what's real? What's reality? What is it, is it that I should believe? Because there's so many people saying that they have this truth that I should believe. Or that I should just believe everybody's truth. That there's not just one way to God or to heaven. There's not just one way of believing 
But there's so many different ways. And I guess I'm here to tell you that there is only one way. In John 8, 32, it says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Freedom comes in truth. See, the problem is today, the lie that's being spoken as, is that there being a truth of that there is one way to God. It's constricting and, and it is binding. But I love what the scripture says is that, that the truth is actually what sets us free. See, when there's no truth, whenever there's just this like pluralism in, in there's all these different ways of, you know, like we're going to bring everything together and everything's going to work together and be harmonious. You know, I saw this post that said something about you know, that over in the Middle East that, that the Catholic Church, the Pope, and, and this, uh, you know, Muslim leader, and they're creating this, this place where they can be together in unity. Like somehow that's going to happen. And it's going to happen more and more as we go along, I don't, I don't think that people are just all of a sudden going to be like, oh no, there's one way. But we have to stand on this truth that Christ is the one and only, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one can come to the Father except through Him. And the problem is, is that, you know, even in this, this scripture that I read, that it's those that that deceive and give you this different stuff. He's talking even about people in the church. I don't want to get too far forward in my message. But the problem is, is that, that, that truth is now being portrayed as Hateful. That somehow truth means that, that you hate other things or other people. And that is not at all what it means. And they take, look, you can take this scripture. Well, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7, it says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no Evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's what, that's what love is. And, and that is how we should live. But when he is talking about this, uh, this deceitful talk and, and this disruptive and, and talk of, that can get you off of of the truth of who Christ is. He is talking about uh, fundamental biblical truths here. He's not saying like, hey, these little things, you know, about, you know, whether I should, you know, speed or whether, um, you know, I should do this or that. You know, there's so many places in the, in the Bible where it says that, that we should walk in our own convictions about things. But when it says that, it's not talking about fundamental 
biblical truths about who Christ is, right? But in this moment, this is what he's talking about. He says we need purity. And right in in that scripture, he talks about, about the doctrine. What does that mean? The doctrine that you've been taught. It's the the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done. He's saying we have to stay pure in this. So he says in verse 17, now I urge you, brethren, note those or watch out for those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ with their own bellies and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. So he gives two commands here. Two things that he says. They seem a little bit contradictory. But he says, watch out for those who cause divisions. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation because it actually says watch out in Romans 16, 17. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brethren and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. So the first command he he gives is to watch out for those who cause divisions. So in this this command of of watching out for divisions, he is saying we need unity. We can't be divided into different ways of thinking. So we don't want divisions. But then he says to avoid them. So he says divide from them. And I don't know about you, sometimes I'm like, what, I, what, what, do you, what do you want me to do, actually? We want unity, right? But we also need to divide. But he's speaking something very clearly. He's saying, you are not going to want to stay close to somebody that is giving you something that is not the truth of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And he's not saying, he's not saying, you know, I I need to shun them, right? Because there's too much of that in the church too. I'm I'm going to, you know, unfriend you on Facebook and I'm going to delete your number off my phone and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to talk to you ever again. And, And he's not saying that. What he's saying is that I can't live in the same way in friendship that I did before with you because of what is going on, because I can't allow myself to be drawn into a way of thinking that is not the truth of the gospel. You know, Tori and I have talked a lot about uh, friendships and different things. I mean, you know, of course, we've had friends for all of our lives. And different times in my life, and I remember even, you know, 
or lots of different things. I'm not going to pull anything out specifically, but we've talked about, like, how, how is it that, like, why is it that we can't actually be in the same friendship or the, the same place that we were? And as we boil it down, I, I say, well, the thing is, is that we're not walking the same direction. And if I try to walk in that direction, I'm not going to be walking in the direction that I need to go. That does not mean that I don't love them, or that I'm not their friend or, or want them to be my friend. It just means that we're probably not going to hang out as much. Because God has called me. Because God has called you to walk in the way that he's asked you to walk. And sometimes people aren't going to be able to walk with you. It's, it's not a hatred. It's not an anger. It shouldn't be. <laughs> an anger. But a place of staying in the place where God wants you. And not allowing yourself to be drawn away. He says, watch out for so that there's unity, but then avoid. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, the doctrine of Christ, him dying on the cross for you, and avoid them. But the reason that these aren't contradictory, like I said, is because of him saying, the doctrine that you've learned. He's saying it, it, these, these aren't contradictory, uh, you know, one's division and, and one's unity. He's saying that, that the unity of being pure in knowing who God is and what he's done for you and the truth of the cross, the purity and unity of that far outweighs the division that can be caused in you and in the church, and in your friendships. It far outweighs any division that is caused by avoiding them. We have to stand firm on the truth. Romans 6, he, he calls us the standard of teaching. It's like what we've been taught. Who Christ is. What you know about Him. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 13, it says, Keep and follow the pattern of sound teaching, which you have heard from me, in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard with greatest care. Guard. Be a watchman over your heart and over people. With greatest care and keep unchanged the treasure. This is the Amplified, by the way. And keep unchanged the treasure, that precious truth which has been entrusted to you. 
That is the good news about salvation through personal faith in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, through the help of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. It says, keep and follow the pattern of this sound teaching. The teaching of, of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what has been done for you through the help of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts, it calls it the whole counsel of God. Be a watchman over your heart, over yourself, over your family, over your friends. Be a watchman of the truth because the truth is what sets you free. You know, in, in, my, in our family, you know, there's, we have kids, so it gets crazy, right? And sometimes you feel bad as a parent by putting boundaries on your kid. I mean, not too bad, but, you know, sometimes you're like, man, maybe those boundaries are a little tight. You know, I, I've put this fence around them that they're not supposed to go out of. This discipline that I have, that I have had with my child, and you're like, oh, sometimes it's a little bit tough. And sometimes they don't like it, too. But I will tell you what I've learned with, with parenting, you know, not that I'm an amazing parent or have done everything right or that we've done everything right, but I have learned and try to stick to the fact that I know that my kids feel so much more secure and so much more freedom to be who they are whenever I have instilled in them the truth and put the boundaries that they can walk in and then they can walk stronger in who they are. Whenever I give them no boundaries, you know what they do? They're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I, don't, I just, yeah. I mean, and they start crying, and, they, and then they're upset. And, and you're, you're like, what is going on? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I've let them out of the boundaries. I haven't kept them to the truth of who they are. Showing them who they are supposed to be, how they are supposed to act, and giving them that, that place. You know, one of the things, I don't know if I've shared this before, but as our kids were younger, and, you know, I would come home, or Tori would come home, whichever one it was, and whichever one of us had been out, like, like all day, and we'd come home, and and like sit on the couch and we want to talk. And you know what happens every time? Two parents come together and just want a moment of peace. The kids come and fly from somewhere unknown. Like Superman and just jump on the couch or wherever it is and fly in there. And they're like kicking their legs and they're, you know, like, like, I want to be in here too. And you know what we did? Is, is we said, no. This isn't your time. This is mommy and daddy time. We're going to sit here and talk and have time together and you're going to have to wait. 
Oh my gosh, it was like you pulled their teeth out or something, you know? Like, ah! But the end result of that, knowing that their mom and their dad wanted to spend time together, that their mom and their dad had a relationship and, and wanted time to, to connect and be together, although the, in the moment they were screaming and like, why in the world are you ignoring me? How dare you ignore your child? In the moment, they may have been acting like that, but later on, I saw them. Again, not that I'm perfect and, you know, our kids are perfect. I don't think any of them are in here, so I won't say anything bad about them. But, but to see putting that boundary of truth, you know what the truth was? This relationship is actually more important than that relationship. You know what also? It didn't mean that we didn't love our kids. What did it mean? It meant that we knew that we needed to be in the right place in order to love our kids. And the end result was that our kids actually, again, I'm not trying to say our kids are perfect, but time after time I've seen where our kids have, have been so much stronger and more confident in moments, and people even saying something about it, saying, wow, you know, your child is, this seems like, like they can do this, and they, they have this confidence, and, and they know what they're doing, and I was like, that's not because I gave them everything that they wanted. It's because I put boundaries on them, and because they know their parents love each other. So that whole story... <laughs> That whole story is basically to relate to this moment, to this scripture of truth. And those that cause divisions, to be weary of them and divide from them. What do we need to do? We need to stick firm to the truth and put boundaries. And what that does will cause somebody to live in more freedom than they could possibly even understand and possibly even know. You know somebody that believes every different thing? They are a hot mess. I will tell you, just like my kids are when there's no, no boundaries on them. A hot mess. You know where the freedom is? It's when you come to understand there is one way. Then you're not confused. You're, you're, you're not like in turmoil, in torment. I want to stand firm in that truth. The good news of who Christ is. In verse 18, Romans 16, 18, for those who are such, who are such those that are trying to bring division and not speaking truth, for those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ with their own belly, 
and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. A couple, a couple of things in here. It says, for those, those ones that don't stand in the truth, and, and I, I don't want to say anything bad about churches like doctrinally or anything like that, but I, on this second part of it, where it talks about smooth words and flattering speech, I feel like we've been pushed into a place or people have tried to push churches into a place of just smooth words and flattering speech. And I see it too much. I don't want to be a part of a church that just comes to, to, to get their ears tickled, you know? I think that's something that my dad used to say. He's like, I just want to come and somebody just make me feel good, you know? Because I'll tell you that, that I haven't been called to speak words that just make you feel good. But they do make you feel good. That sounds contradictory, doesn't it? But the word that, that God is asking me to speak is, is not one that's just going to be like, oh, this is your best life and you're going to do great and God's going to give you everything that you need and you just walk out that door and, you know, do this and that and then all of a sudden everything's going to happen. I don't, I don't know that. What I know, what I know is that God is good, just like we say. What I know is that that we have a God that loves us, that cares for us, that there is truth, that the gospel is, is Christ and Christ crucified, that He did that for me, that God sent His Son to die on the cross for me and for you, for us, so that we could come into a relationship with Him and come to know Him and be a part of His family. And, and that we can not, not just have this faraway God, but this God that, that we can commune with, that, that we can talk to, that, that He's there with us in the moment. Not that there's not going to be a bad moment, but in that bad moment, I can be like, God, I don't care about the moment because you're here with me. You're here, and then you're going to get me through, and I'm going to be better for it if I walk with you through this moment. That's what I know. I know he's going to be there with me. I know he's going to be there with you. But it says, by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. That word flattery, it's in this smooth talk. You know, it, it's not like, I mean, they're like buttering you up or, or something like that. These words, this flattering speech, in a bad, it says in a bad sense, language artfully adapted to captivate the hearer, fair speaking and fine speeches, artfully crafted words to make somebody feel good even if it isn't the truth. And that's the problem. 
There's a lot of people out there that can say the thing the right way and in a flattering way. They can say that thing, but it's not the truth. And I want to be standing on the truth. It says that they serve their own appetites, their own belly, their, their desire. It's, they're not serving God, but their own belly. What does that mean? Is that this, their own desire to achieve or fulfill themselves. Not God fulfilling me, not God sustaining me, but what I'm doing is to fulfill myself in what I do, not what God does. And that's what we have to watch out for. You may not be able to see it right away, but the person that is talking that flattery and that smooth talk, the reason that they're doing it many times when they're not speaking the truth is because they want something for themselves. I don't want anything. I don't want you to want anything for yourself out of talking to somebody about God. I mean, too, too many times, I talked to this guy one time a long time ago when we were, uh, in doing campus ministers, maybe it was before we were going to move in, and you know, it just hit me the wrong way. In a way, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And in a way, I was like, wow, that's really prideful. He's like, how, how many people have you led to the Lord? And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I've prayed with, you know, I don't remember how many, but, you know, like this many people. It was probably a handful, right? Like while we were doing that. We were walking through life together with people, but I didn't pray for 20 people a day to receive Jesus. Not because I couldn't, probably because I was too scared at that point. I don't know. But he's like, oh, man. He's like, I, I, I've led, I forget what it was. I don't know, this 100, 400 people to the Lord. I, I try to lead, you know, 20 people to the Lord every day. And I'm like, that's, a, that's amazing. But are you trying to flatter me with this thing? What are you, are you being prideful? Are you saying how much you've done? I felt like in that moment that he was like, look what I've done. And I think that is, first of all, that's one of my pet peeves and the hardest thing is when somebody looks, says, look what I've done. But it's not about what we can do. It's about what God can do. It's about who he is. That is the truth. And when we are standing in this, yes, we will lead people to Christ. Yes, we will pray with them and they'll come in his family. But it won't be about us doing it. It'll be about what God did in that moment. I got to be there, but look what God did. I was just tagging along with God. That's what I, you know what, I just want to be a tag along. It's like a Girl Scout cookie. (laughs) 
I don't want to be walking around in my own strength and my own words. And like, look, I don't even have the words, okay? So that's at least what I feel like. God, give me the words to speak because I don't have them. I don't know what to say. God, lead me and guide me. Give me something to say so that people will know who you are. God, it's all about you. It's all about you. He says, watch out. Watch out. And then in verse 19 and 20, it says, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Now in this, that word simple means unmixed, pure as in wines or metals. And of the mind, it means without a mixture of evil, free from guile, innocent. So when he says, I want you to be wise in what is good. I want, I want you to have a complete understanding of what is good and what the truth is and to stand firm in that truth. Be wise in that. Be so understanding and knowledgeable in who I am and what I've done for you that you can't be deceived. But, I, but please be simple. Be unmixed. Be pure. Be holy in the things that are evil. That's what that word simple means. I, I feel like sometimes English doesn't do justice. Be simple. To be pure. Don't, don't let the, the oil of, of who you are be mixed with anything else, you know? It's like what people do to, you know, get more out of stuff. You know, the soap dispenser is, is getting low. I just put water in it. You know? <clears throat> Don't allow the mixture of not godly things, of evil things, to come into the purity of who you are. Be unmixed and holy. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.